are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Jordan. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Fabulous. We are on episode 29, which are, uh, we are discussing Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Before we get into that, let's talk about some business. How many downloads are we at? 11,000. Whoa. Crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. We're growing fast. Yeah, we are. So we appreciate everybody and they're listening to us. Please hit that subscribe, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Jordan, why don't you tell them about our Patreon tiers? So our Patreon tiers, we have two tiers. One is $2, uh, which gets you next week's episode a week early and 10% discount to our store. Mm-hmm. And the $5 uh, tier gets you next week's episode a week early. A uh, bonus episode every Friday and 20% off the store. 20%. Mm-hmm. We would love if you would join our family. Oh, yeah. Because we're a family. Mm-hmm. And you could be one. Mm-hmm. We're taking applications. Every day. Every day. 24-7. 24-7. It's real cheap to join, too. $5. $5. Could be yours. Four <laughs> extra episodes a month for four $5. Yeah, and a 20% discount. It's twenty-five an episode. That's pretty good. Pretty good deal. Let's roll into our website, mm-hmm. mysteryhistorypodcast.com, oh. where you can see all of our episodes, where you can get merch, mm-hmm. which we have hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Uh, we also have the link to our Patreon there. We're going to shout out Kayla, who gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much to Kayla. She said she's hooked. She loves it. I'm binging all. She loves it. <laughs> I'm binging this all day. Love the comedy to it, the facts, and just having fun with it. And we do like to have fun. Yeesh. Thank you, Kayla. We also wanted to um, shout out Armchair Historians. We did a interview with her, and she released it on the 27th. We discuss our um, episode six, Radium Girls. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that. If you haven't listened to episode six, go back and give us a listen. Go to Armchair Historians and give uh, our interview a listen and check out her other topics that she has. She's got some really good stuff, and she's fabulous. I just We love her. Yeah, she's really fun to talk to. Uh, she's available on all major platforms. You can find her on Instagram at Armchair Historians. Mm-hmm. What else you got to talk about the business? Mm, nothing. Nothing. Just uh, like you said, go to that purple icon on your iPhone if you have an iPhone. Yeah. Leave us a review. Yeah, we love to read them, really. Five stars are great. Yep. We have uh, 4.5 rating on there right now. I would like to shove those two and one star reviews, which we don't have. We have like three of them mm-hmm. total. So not too bad. Yeah. But let's just push those guys out of the way. Yeah. And like I've said on the last episode, it's I don't know why, but it pushes you up the charts if you have more comments and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so anything you can do, we would appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well... Since we don't have anything to talk about, let's talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay. So, a quick overview. Ed Warren is arguably the most famous demonologist in the public eye, and Lorraine is a clairvoyant and light trance medium. Yeah. The two founded the New England Society of Psychic Research, or NESPR, NESPR, Nesper. perhaps, <laughs> uh, which is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. The pair investigated over 10,000 cases in their career. That's a lot. That's insane. That is. Um, a lot of ghosts. Yeah. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I am. Are you? <laughs> I ain't fucking with that. Uh-uh. 
it was. I just want to preface this by saying it was really hard to find anything about Ed and Lorraine's like early life. I don't know why. I went to a lot of different places. It was hard to find stuff. So this is what I found for us mm-hmm. to talk about. And we might in the future. We're this mostly we're going to cover some of their most famous cases. Yeah. And in the future we might break it down to go further in depth to some of these cases. Yeah. But so this is just an overview. Kind of an overview of some of the stuff they dealt with. Yeah. Which is insane whenever you look at it all. Oh yeah. Ed Warren Mincy, what, or I'm sorry, Miney, not Mincy. I added a C in there. <laughs> Miney. He was born on September 7th, 1926 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Ed claims he was raised in a haunted house hmm. between the ages of 5 and 12. And because of that, he taught himself demonology. So he self-taught. He just figured it out. That's strange. Yeah. I don't know where you go to like <laughs> figure it out, but he did it. Huh. Lorraine Rita Morgan was born on January 31st, 1927, also in Bridgeport. She claimed to experience people's auras, like the color around them. Mm. And the connection with the deceased began at an early age, around seven or eight, excuse me. And Lorraine met when Lorraine was only 16. Uh, They felt that they had an instant connection, though. Hmm. So it didn't matter how young they were. They loved each other. Ed joined the U.S. Navy and fought in World War II. While he was home for leave, the two actually got married. Hmm. So they just wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. The two had a daughter, Judy, who was born after the war, and Ed decided to go to art school for two years. So he left being in the Navy and went to art school. Hmm. They started traveling to sell Ed's artwork and also investigated houses for hauntings along the way while they were traveling. In 1952, the two founded the New England Society for Psychic Research and opened the Warrens Occult Museum. Starting the society made it easier for them to gain access to houses to investigate. Yeah, it made them more, like, legit. Yeah, like, we have a society. Right. We're not just two random people. (laughs) Right, like, let me in your house. Lorraine was the clairvoyant and the light trance medium, so she would attempt to contact spirits in the homes, and Ed would research and document the process. By the mid-1960s, they started focusing on helping people that they believe were possessed or haunted rather than just documenting and investigating cases. Yeah. Their occult museum expanded like their cases. Um, Anything possessed or demonic was placed uh, for safekeeping in the basement of their house. Yeah, so basically it was like a prison for anything that could cause harm to other people. They just collected these things. I feel like that's not something you want in your own house. No, I don't want that. Maybe a storage container? Yeah, that would be safer. Far away, yeah. (laughs) Yep. As we mentioned above, Ed and Lorraine investigated over 10,000 cases, and here are some of the most famous. Yeah. Annabelle. Mm. Everybody knows Annabelle. Yep. In 1968, two roommates claimed that their Raggedy Ann doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. The Warrens took the doll, telling the roommates that it was being manipulated by an inhuman presence, and they put it on display in their museum, in their basement. This doll inspired the film Annabelle. That's how everybody knows. Hmm. Uh, but the Annabelle doll in the movie is, like, way scarier than, like, the actual... It's just a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ed believed the doll had been responsible for at least one death. During a video tour of Ed and Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, Ed pointed out the Raggedy Ann doll um, in its case... He said, many of the objects in this room here have had dire effects on people. People have been maimed and killed. People have wound up in mental institutions because of many of the things that are right here in this building. You have the voodoo dolls. You have the Raggedy Ann doll, which was responsible for a death of a young man who came in here one time, who challenged the doll to do its worst, and it did. 
Hmm. So the young man <clears throat> apparently went to the museum mm-hmm. and on his motorcycle with his girlfriend for a tour. Uh, as Ed was giving the tour, the young man started to mock the doll. And while doing so, he ran up and began tapping on the glass that the doll was enclosed in. Mm-mm. Don't do that. That's yeah, a no-no. Frowned upon. So he challenged the doll to put scratches on him like it had supposedly done in the past <clears throat> to a man named Lou, who had been friends with the doll's former o- owner, Donna. Ed kicked the young man out of the museum, and three hours later, the young man died when he lost control of his motorcycle and hit a tree. His girlfriend did survive, but she remained in a hospital for over a year. He's so pissed. Yeah. If I was the girlfriend, I'd be like, why did he have to do that? That's the first, that's like the worst vehicle you could go to a haunted museum on. <laughs> I mean, I You need guess. four wheels if you're going somewhere haunted. <laughs> you need like a roll cage. Yeah, you need All anything. kinds of stuff. Helmets. Put more airbags in there. Right. I know there's one in there. Put another there's one. There's never enough. No. I need more safety. No. Um, the next one is Amityville. The Warrens are probably the best known, are, are probably best known for their involvement in the 1975 Amityville Horror, where a New York couple, George and Kathy Lutz, claimed that their house was haunted by a violent demonic presence so intense that it eventually drove them out of their home. The year prior, in the early morning hours on November 13, 1974, a man named Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed his mother, father, and four siblings while they slept in their suburban home at 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, New York. DeFeo was convicted for the murders and remains incarcerated today. The Amityville horror conspiracy authors Stephen and Roxanne Kaplan characterized the case as a hoax. The Rain Warren told a reporter for the Express Times newspaper that the Amityville Horror was not a hoax. The reported haunting was the basis for the 1977 book, The Amityville Horror, and adapted into the 1979 and 2005 films of the same name, while also serving as inspiration for the film series that followed. The Warren's versions of the events is partially adapted and portrayed in the opening sequence of The Conjuring, uh, The Conjuring 2, I'm sorry. Um, According to Benjamin Radford, the story was refuted by eyewitnesses, investigations, and forensic evidence. In 1979, Will, uh, lawyer William Weber stated that he, Jay Anson, and the occupants invited or invented, I'm sorry, the horror story over many bottles of wine. So they thought it was. So they made it up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That that is peppered all through this. Is there the nobody? Be, some people don't believe that what the Warrens were doing were legit. Like right. they thought it was made up all of it, which is understandable. Yeah, or, I mean, if anything you can't see, I mean, yeah. like, what is it? Yeah. And a lot of them, it's interesting. Like whenever you're going through all their major cases, most of these have been turned into some sort of movie. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It is weird. So the next one we're going to talk about is the Enfield poltergeist. Um, in 1977, the Warrens investigated claims that a family in North London, um, a suburb called Enfield was haunted by poltergeist activity. Furniture would move around the house, and over 2,000 different incidents of supernatural activity were witnessed by Maurice Grossi. That's a lot. That is a lot. I'd say that's enough to call them. That's Yeah. <laughs> he was a member of a Society of Psychic Research, SPR. He said that, this is a quote from him, he said, furniture turning over, cups filled with water, fire igniting, voices, levitation. The most frightening was when a curtain wrapped itself around my neck next to the bed. Janet, one of the young girls who lived in the home, would go into a trance-like state where she would speak in a deep, scratchy voice, claiming to be a ghost of a guy named Bill Wilkins who had died in the house years before. And this fact was proven to be true, that this guy actually did die in the house. So how would this young girl know that this happened? 
Um, across 18 months, a number of paranormal researchers visited the ho- house, and then Ed and Lorraine made their way in. They stated that they were convinced that the supernatural uh, were responsible for the strange happenings inside the house. Ed was quoted as, those who deal with the supernatural supernatural day in and day out know the phenomenon are there. There's no doubt about it. Hmm. So they believed 100,000% that this girl was in some sort of possession. Right. Well, a number of independent observers dismissed the incident as a hoax carried out by attention-hungry children. The Warrens were convinced that it was demonic possession, that this was definitely legit. Hmm. Later, the children did admit that they did set up some fake events, uh, but they said that only those events were like 2% out of 100% of the happenings. Right. Um, But it still leads to discrediting, you know, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The story was the inspiration of The Conjuring 2, although critics say that the Warrens were involved to be a far lesser degree than portrayed in the movie, so they weren't as involved as they faced say in the movie Uh, and in fact they showed up in the scene uninvited and refused admittance to the home sometimes oh wow yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. all right the next one is cheyenne johnson in 1981 arn cheyenne johnson was accused of killing his landlord alan bono ed and lorraine warren had been called prior to the killing to deal with the alleged demonic possession of the younger brother of johnson's fiance the warren subsequently claimed that johnson was also possessed At trial, Johnson attempted to plead not guilty by reason of demonic possession, but was unsuccessful with his plea. I didn't even know you could do that. No, I didn't know either. Not guilty by reason of demonic possession. Yeah, you hear of insanity, but not demonic possession. I feel like that's a good way to get out of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I was possessed. There's a demon in me. The devil made me do it. (laughs) Uh, This story serves as an inspiration for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is coming out in 2021. Hmm. Uh, The case was uh, described in 1983... The 1983 book, The Devil in Connecticut, by Gerald Brittle. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So we'll be seeing that soon on the big screen. Oh, yeah. The Sneedker House. I'm probably saying that wrong, so my bad. Snedeker House. Snedeker, yeah. Uh, This is actually my favorite one. Um, In 1986, Ed and Lorraine arrived and proclaimed the Sneedeker House, a former funeral home, to be infested with demons. Like, probably every funeral home. The case was featured in the 1993 book In a Dark Place, The Story of a True Haunting, a TV film that later became part of a Discovery Channel series, A Haunting, was produced in 2020, or I'm sorry, 2002. The Haunting in Connecticut, a film very loosely based on the Warren's version of events and directed by Peter Cornwell, was released in 2009. Horror author Ray Garten, who wrote an account of the alleged haunting at the Snedeker family in Southern Southernton County, Connecticut later called into question the veracity of the accounts contained in this book, saying that the family involved, which was going through some serious problems like alcoholism and drug addiction, could not keep their story straight. Hmm. And I became very frustrated. It's a hard it's hard writing a nonfiction book when all the people involved are telling you different stories. To paranormal investigator Benjamin Radford, Garten said of Lorraine, if she told me the sun would come up tomorrow tomorrow morning, I'd get a second opinion. <laughs> Damn. Hmm. That's rough. But The um, Haunting in Connecticut is one of my favorite movies. That's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I really like the actor in that. Yeah, the boy. Yeah, he's yeah. in the new Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good actor. He is. So the next one is The Smurl Family. 
Pennsylvania residents Jack and Janet Smurl reported their home was disturbed by numerous supernatural phenomena, including sounds, smells, and apparitions. The Warrens became involved and claimed that the Smurl home was occupied by four spirits and also a demon that allegedly sexually assaulted Jack and Janet. Not good. No. The Smurls' version of their story was the subject of the 1986 paperback titled The Haunting, or The Haunted. Pretty original name. Yeah. And uh, a television film of the same name was directed by Robert Mandel. I wonder how many movies or shows are out there that just are called The Haunted. Oh, man. Probably hundreds. Yeah. Um, The next one here is The Union Cemetery. Ed Warren's book, Graveyard, True Hauntings from an Old New England Cemetery, um, features a white lady, in quotes, uh, who's a ghost which haunts Union Cemetery. He claimed uh, to have her have captured her essence on film. Captured her essence. What does that mean? Like her aura. Her, her apparition? Yeah, like her... Her essence. What a weird yeah. way to say that. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Got her essence. <laughs> okay, so like I kind of stated before, a lot of the Warrens' things have been questioned by a lot of different people. So according to a 1997 interview... With the Connecticut Post, Steve Novella and Perry DeAngelis investigated the Warrens for the New England Skeptical Society. So they have a skeptical society. There's all kinds called, of societies. Yeah, called NESS. They found the couple to be pleasant, uh, but their claims of demons and ghosts to be, at best, a tellers of meaningless ghost stories and, at worst, dangerous frauds. Mm. Those are fighting words. Yeah, they are. Um, They took the $13 tour and looked at the evidence the Warrens had for spirits and ghosts. So they went through their museum. They watched the videos and looked at the best evidence the Warrens had. Their conclusion, it's all blarney. (laughs) They found common errors with flash photography and nothing evil in the artifacts that the Warrens had collected. Um, This is a quote. They have a ton of fish stories about evidence that got away. They're not doing good scientific investigation. They have a predetermined conclusion when they adhere to, literally and religiously. According to Novella, um, Lauren, or I'm sorry, Lorraine Warren said that the problem with Perry and Steve is that they don't base anything on God. Novella responded with, it takes work to do solid critical thinking to actually employ your intellectual faculties and come to a conclusion that actually reflects reality. That's what scientists do every day, and that's what skeptics advocate. Hmm. Man, he's a fighter. He is. You don't be a jerk to Lorraine. She looks like a sweet little lady. <laughs> but it is weird that, like, he's not, he just taught himself. Right, to That's be a weird. demonologist. Yeah. yeah. I he's mean, like anybody not, could say they're a demonologist. Yeah, exactly. He's, like, didn't go to, like, the church. He's not, like, sponsored by the church. No. He's well, just, it's like, really hard to be, like, in the Catholic world to become, like, a an exorcist. It's mm-hmm. not like they just hand those out to anybody. There's like a handful of exorcists in the whole world. Yeah, but if I was being possessed, I wouldn't like call the cheapest guy. Like I feel well, like I feel like he would be like the, the cheapest option. The problem is not so much you at that point if you're that like in it. It takes a lot for the Catholic Church to say that they will come out and do an exorcism or like investigate. So a lot of these people, I feel like they don't have, yeah, they don't have any other options. Right. So this guy, maybe he's a snake oil salesman, but if you're going to give me what I need, I'm going to use you. That's fair. So it could be a little bit of preying upon people in bad, you know, situations. Um, But sometimes... All you need, it's like a placebo, you know? Yeah. All you need is to say, here's the cure, and then you're better. Right. Yeah, so. that's true. 
Um, in an article for the Sydney Morning Herald that examined whether supernatural films are really based on true events, the investigation was used to ev- um, as evidence to the contrary. So, no, not true. As novellas quoted, they, talking about the Warrens, claim to have scientific evidence which does indeed prove the existence of ghosts, which sounds like a testable claim in which we can sink our investigative teeth into. Hmm. What we found was a very nice couple, some genuinely sincere people but absolutely no compelling evidence so i feel like they are they they thought that they were helping people they weren't trying to take advantage they were really trying to help people Mm -hmm. while it was made clear that neither deangelis nor novella thought that the warrens would intentionally cause harm to anyone they did claim that the warrens served to reinforce delusions and confuse the public about legitimate scientific methodology Hmm. because it's all just um, like faith based. Right. Yeah. So, huh. yeah. Very interesting. So let's talk about the museum. So their cult museum expanded like their cases. As we said, anything possessed or demonic was placed in the basement of their house. They, the museum holds a wide array of items like an alleged vampire coffin or a child's tombstone used as a satanic, satanic altar. Uh, one of the most popular possessions is Annabelle. One critic, Joseph Laylock, an assistant professor of religious studies, said that the museum was full of uh, off-the-shelf Halloween junk, dolls and toys, books you can buy at any bookstore. Hmm. That sucks. Currently, the museum is in limbo since Lorraine's passing. Yeah, so she passed in last year. Or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, last year. Last year? Yeah. And she was 92. Wow. So she was the old bird who made it pretty far. Ed passed long long before she did. Um, but yeah, I I hate that because I know that on Ghost Adventures, and that's like a thing that we talk about almost every episode, <laughs> that um there I can't remember the relation, but one of I think it was their son, I wanna say, has possession of Annabelle mm. and like brought it to Zach Baggins huh. to like look at. Um so yeah, it's I, I I hate that. I hope that the museum does not go under. I hope that they, even if it's fake, those are artifacts that like have a cult following. Yeah, especially they, now with the movies. Yeah, yeah, and they need to be shown. You know. Yep. So that concludes the Warrens. Yeah, there wasn't really much out there. It was very hard. I went. I, so let me cite the sources so you can show. Uh, the, let the record show <laughs> that I went to occultworld.com, Wiki, Saturday Evening Post, Film Daily, Atlas Obscura, Ho- History versus Hollywood, People.com. Uh, yeah. The Saturday Evening Post was probably the most informative. Hmm. Um, now, we don't have a lot to discuss on just the Warrens because, like I said, it was really hard to find things of their personal life. Most of it was all of their cases. Mm-hmm. And we want to do justice to these cases by doing them one at a time, not lumping them into like a 10-hour episode. Right. Um, so we will be looking at these cases in the future. Mm-hmm. But those are their most famous out of 10,000. Yeah, I just think it's weird. It's a very they're interesting people. So yeah. I think it's I don't know if a lot of people know about. Well, I mean they kind of gloss over them in like the Conjuring and stuff like that, but right. they don't really. Yeah, that's just kind of interesting to see who these people were. Yeah, you can find a lot of. They have a book um, out called The Demonologist. It kind of gives you more of of their cases and how they do things. Um, so you can get that on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Yeah. Um, 
and they have a lot of stuff on YouTube. So I know specifically the infield, um, there's a lot of stuff like about that case and interviewing the family. Um, and you can kind of make your own decision as to if you think it's real or not. Right. That's what, what I really want to do in the future because it's like, it's there's deep. a lot. Yeah. They supposedly, um, it's not in our notes, but the refrigerator like tipped over. Dang. And they were blaming it on this Janet saying that, oh, it's the kids. How can a kid tip over a refrigerator? Yeah. That's not possible. Uh-uh. Unless she's like Iron Man or something. <laughs> But I don't know. They're, they're they are very interesting. My favorite. What's your favorite? Favorite. That's probably my favorite one. The infield one. Yeah, just because there's so much like going on. There's yeah. so many layers to it. Mine's the Sneedaker house, and then of course Amityville. That's kind of where I started with everything yeah. when I was young. Um, do you believe that they are tr- like that? They. I think, like you said, I think they mean well. Yeah. But they don't really know what they're doing. I think they believe. That they are demonologists. Yeah, that's yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. Mm, I, it's just it's a very weird area. It's hard to buy into. What I'd be interested in is in these cases. Whenever we go over them, um, how the family did after, like what their end result was. Mm-hmm. How did they make it stop? How was it exorcism on every one of them? Did they have to leave the house? You know what? Right. What was the end result for them and how the families feel about it? I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, like, yeah, family, like what they said about it. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, that'd be super interesting because it's, I don't know, that's, I couldn't imagine being in that situation. Right. So, out of the 10,000 cases, tell us what your favorite case is. Mm -hmm. What do you like? Yep. I just, I I don't know too much about Ed because he passed away so early on, but I mean I really I I just think Lorraine is a really cool person and um, Vera Fami- Familia something like that from who plays her in The Conjuring. Um, whenever she passed, she was really broken up about it and was like saying how nice she was and kind and knowledgeable and. Um, and I think that's hard whenever you're portraying somebody in film that they like how you're portraying them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and they had a really good relationship. So I think that's pretty cool. It's a, it says Ed passed away in 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So and it said he'd been deteriorating for about five years. Yeah. And all the pictures that you see of him, he doesn't like his. He definitely had a glow up um, on who's portraying him. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he looks very like. Italian. Yeah, he looks like a New York. Like a like, mob boss. Yeah, he does. He really does. And he always has like real dark, sunken in eyes, kind of, and just doesn't look like he's feeling good Mm-mm. in any picture I see. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I, I know that they, there's been saying that all of the stuff that he's done, like he took it in his himself. Right. And that's why he passed away and deteriorated so quickly. Um, and I feel like if you really believe that you're helping these people and you're taking on the essence of all of these evil things, it's got to eat away at you. Yeah, I would say so. Well, you're kind of taking all those people's stress and you're yeah. putting it on you. Yeah, even if it's just trying to help them through something, that's a when somebody in their family is in such disarray, mm-hmm. you know, it takes a toll. So. So that is our episode on Ed and Lorraine. Yep. It was a little shorter, but we released the one on Friday, the Halloween one. So it was kind of. Yeah. And I think our last episode on Jeffrey was like an hour and a half. Yeah. So, it was, yeah. 
So something short and sweet. Kind of lighter, yep. Yep. Uh, I told Jordy I wanted to do um, another topic that we'll do later, and he's like, I just don't want to talk about murder. Yeah, there was a lot of murder going on. <laughs> we needed something. Ghosts are a lot better. I said, oh, okay, so demonic possession, that's light, light yeah. and airy. Yeah, a little better. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, subscribe, share, um, give us a comment, mm-hmm. and uh, let's talk on Instagram. Yep. All right, you guys have a good week, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.